Hi, welcome to Dear Nikki. My name is Nikki. And if you've been here before, welcome back. (laughs) And if you're new to the show, this show is all about sex and the fantasies that people have. Reading from emails directly and anonymously sent to me, together we explore the experiences of everyday people just like yourself. You never know who I could be reading from. I could be reading from the guy that just cut you off in traffic. You know the one. He's secretly late to be used as a human ashtray by his mistress. I could be reading from the woman that was walking very slowly through the store yesterday. You know the one. She secretly has a vibrating plug inside her, and her lover put it there. He's controlling it from the car. I could be reading from your local librarian. You know her. She secretly has a room in the basement that she likes to be tied up and spanked by the sheriff. You just never, ever know. And if you have any erotic confessions or anything else, feel free to send them to Nikki at N-I-K-K-Y at DearNikki.com or anonymously through the website at DearNikki.com under the Confessions tab. Just remember, by submitting a confession, you certify the following are true. You are the sole creator of the submission. You are 18 years of age or older, legally able to write, submit erotic or pornographic material. Stories including bestiality, incest, incest fantasies, underage role play, rape sex, rape fantasies, or other non-consensual content or racial slurs will not be aired. And you're releasing all rights to this creation. I'm back and I'm actually leaving. By the time you hear this, I'm actually at the Pines, and done a live show. If you were there, I am glad you came out, and I hope to see you soon. If you are going to Crazy Summer Nights, I do believe there are still tent spots only available. Um, There definitely are pay passes. You can email me. I will make sure you get the right way connected um, and find out all the information you need to know. Um, but I uh, would love to see you there, have a drink, and maybe you can tell me a confession or two. But if not, uh, I make sure to drop all the information here, catch you up on my two weeks at the Pines. Keep an eye out on the show notes. I'm going to have uh, special drops on my Facebook, possibly going live while I'm there. Not necessarily during the shows, but uh, maybe nightly during the week. Um, maybe tuck you in with a confession or two. Who knows? If you're unable to go, some of the things you're going to miss, a scavenger hunt, which was really fun. Um, some comics, we are having some award winning comics that go on right before me. Um, I appear at 9pm Friday, Central Standard Time. So if you're there, that's when you want to come find where I'm going to be. I think I'll be in the main building. Uh, 10pm Music and Campfire. That ends up being Friday. So Friday's kind of a relaxing day. And then Saturday is when all the other events happen. We have a 3k walk run, Um, I'll be sleeping at 7am. And then breakfast and then a naked camp walk. No, I will not be doing that. So don't even ask. But I believe from what I understand, there's rumors are that Cole will be meditation, um, naked meditation by Amanda, again, not going to be naked. Cornhole, um, being bag toss, if that's, if you're not from the Midwest. Uh, from what I understand, there's also somewhere during the night is going to be nude karaoke while 
horn is playing, or maybe it's two different separate things. I have heard rumors of uh, lube wrestling in a kiddie pool. And um, let's see, there's something else I forgot. But basically, that's about it. There's going to be a nude poker walk and some awards and stuff like that. So that's what you're going to miss, or that's what you have looking forward to, depending on what, if you're showing or not showing. I will make sure to have all the details for you when I get back. So again, I'm pre-recording two weeks worth, so you'll have to wait. And maybe again, like I said, I will give you that special link where you can sign up for my Facebook uh, private group, and um, I will go live and kind of catch you up on what's been going on. I hope to see you there. You know what time it is. It's time to sit back. Relax. Let's have a whiskey with some filthy cherries, of course, and explore erotic fantasies from people just like you and me. Dear Nikki, next morning we all went out for breakfast. I slept on my black, tight leggings, pink top, and stinkers. My top was revealing as always, and I didn't wear any underwear. We met at the lobby, and we all greeted each other. When I said hi to my uncle, I hugged him as usual but whispered in his ear that I wasn't wearing any panties. He kind of smiled, but my aunt was all eyes on me. I made sure to sit right across from them so he could enjoy the view of my big breast. Yes, my aunt was giving dirty looks because of how I dressed. Can't you wear something decent at this breakfast? We all know you have big tits, and it's not appropriate, she said. Oh, come on, I said. It's not my fault I look and feel good. I ordered a mimosa, and all I could do was think about his eight-inch cock. My husband called me, so I excused myself from the table and walked outside, but I made sure I was in my uncle's line of sight. I purposely was turning my back towards our table. As I got off the phone, I had a message from my uncle. Damn, that ass looks awesome. I'll do everything I can to fuck you today. I got instantly wet, but I walked back to the table and had breakfast. I was trying to find a way I could get him alone, but she wasn't letting him out of her sight. When we were all done, they wanted to go walk around. I told them I was going to go to the hotel pool. I went to my room and slipped on my two-piece G-string bikini, grabbed my cover-up, and went to the pool. I went in for a few minutes, and then I laid out sunbathing. I got a call from him saying he managed to get away. I got up so fast and told him to meet me in my room with some drinks, and added I would leave the door unlocked as I showered. I rushed into the room, grabbed a cute corset, heels, and thong. As I was getting out of the shower, I heard him say he was here. I dried myself quickly, because I knew he wouldn't have much time. I dressed up and walked out. Fuck, you're stunning, he said. We began kissing. He was already hard. I got on my knees and pulled his gorgeous cock out and began blowing him. He was ready. I got on all fours. He ate me from behind as I begged him to shove it in already. Oh, he did just that. Fuck. He was stretching me so good. He kept going harder and harder. He knew how to fuck. His phone rang. Damn it. He caught his breath and answered it. It was his wife. She was asking him if they can keep shopping as they were going to be out for a few hours. He told her she can and that she should buy whatever she wanted. Nice. I had him for more time. I did feel rushed at the beginning, but now I could work my magic. I cleaned him up and laid him down. I got on top and teased my clit with his cock. He complimented me a lot. I simply told him he better not fall in love with me, 
as I slipped his cock in me. I was riding him like it was the last time I was going to see him. It felt so good and made me come multiple times. I even squirted and he loved it. I got off quickly and laid on the edge of the bed and told him to spread my legs and fuck me hard. He was surprised that I said that and was like, damn, where have you been all my life? He grabbed my ankles, slapped my pussy with his gorgeous cock and shoved it in. He moaned as I moaned and then said, well, your pussy is way better than your aunt's. I laughed because I knew it was true. Ah, oh, yeah, I know I'm bad, but fuck it. She's a bitch. He was fucking me with deep, long strokes at a steady pace. I mean, he was in there pretty deep. He asked me where I wanted him to come. I told him there was only one place his seat belonged, in my pussy. But when he was ready, I told him to keep going faster and faster. And he did. Wow, he had a big load of cum just pumping and pumping inside of me. I was like, what the fuck? When is he going to stop coming? He finally stopped and laid on top of me as his cock went limp, still inside. We kissed a lot, then got up and showered together. We played a bit in there, but not much since he had to go. When we were getting dressed, he got his phone, and it had died. He asked me at the time. It just like that, two hours had gone by. I knew my aunt was going to be pissed, but I didn't care. He left in a hurry, but promised we'd see each other again. He doesn't know that his phone didn't die. I managed to turn it off while I was riding him. Yeah, I'm bad. Thanks, slut wifey. So the first part of the story aired on June 8th. So if you want to pick up what she's talking about, you can go to that episode. I believe it's like the second story. So there you go. Hello, slut wifey. You have been very, very naughty. Um, I have to say my friend Alan really liked your story. Really, 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 really liked your story. He sent me a, a message and uh, thought it was really hot. And I have to agree with him here. Ladies and gentlemen, what are we thinking here? I mean, I'm my mind is still buzzing. And I actually recorded this last night. So I'm coming to you second thoughts here. But it's still in my head a day later buzzing around. What are we thinking? I'm like I said, I'm just really just buzzing away at the oh my gosh, wow, really? Kind of thing. Uh, Yeah, so would we? If we had a chance to finagle the words here, finagle the situation, I can honestly say I don't think I, well, I know I haven't had a uncle, not by blood, uh, or, you know, by marriage here, that I've wanted to play with, to seduce. Now, have I ever wanted to seduce somebody's uncle? Technically, we've all has seduced possibly somebody's uncle. I mean, if you think about it, even somebody's dad or possibly grandpa if we're into silver-haired foxes. What are we thinking? Could you, would you, and did you? I bet you some of you have. Dear Nikki, I'm a male electrical engineer with decades of experience, but this event took place in 1999. This account is completely true. I was 44 years old at the time. It was on the first trip I took after starting with a new company. Before the end of the month, I was on a trip to Hawaii with one other engineer. It was work-related, but also sort of a startup bonus. The business conference was Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and a bit of Friday morning, if I remember. We got there on Sunday and were to leave the following Saturday. Sunday and Monday, my friend and I were snorkeling and diving around. 
We then attended the conference on the business days and in the evenings. We either snorkel, dive around the island, or go out to eat with other conference attendees. We kept noticing the helicopters flying around. It didn't take long to find out they were for hire. The tourists would go in them in groups of two to six, and they would be flown around in the islands, seeing the rainforest, volcanoes, waterfalls, oceans from about a thousand feet up. During the first half of the week, I hadn't considered buying a ticket, as I figured it was way too expensive. But the persistence of them flying overhead every few minutes, calling our attention to them, finally took its toll. I started looking at the advertisements and prices. Dave and I talked about going on a one on Friday, and we decided to go all out. We selected one of the more expensive rides. It was a 45-minute trip, one of the longer ones around, six passengers and the pilot. I think it was about $200 a head, quite a bit back in 99. We arrived at the heliport at the right time. I think they gave us 15-minute run-through of what the rules were we'd follow while we were in the chopper. He took us out to our vessel, he sized us up, and told us where to sit according to our weight so that things would balance. Two of the other four passengers were clearly Japanese. They appeared to be motherly type, perhaps 50 years old, and maybe her daughter was about 25 years of age. They seemed conservatively dressed, not the hip type at all. They didn't seem to speak a word of English, they just looked straight ahead and followed the crowd. They would nod when everybody else did and so on. We seated ourselves in the chopper in the specific locations which the pilot had instructed us to. The Japanese mother and Dave were put in the front row with the pilot. The Japanese daughter and I were put in the back row. She was next to the left rear window, and I was next to her. The two other passengers were on the right-hand side of the back row. The pilot started the engine. The blades began spinning slowly. I was getting nervous. I'd never been in a helicopter before. I looked around. Everyone looked a little on edge as well. The blade spun up to full speed, and we were off the ground, climbing pretty rapidly. I was viewing the scenery as I typical would, when I noticed the Japanese girl to my left was looking down in her lap. I kept an eye on her. Every once in a while, she would sit a bit more upright, but she was holding her forehead with her hand, definitely not looking outside like everyone else, and appearing to be feeling sick. I got the impression that she might be heading for the vomitorium. So I grabbed the sick bag from the front seat of her and opened it up and handed it to her. She looked at me and nodded in appreciation. It was obvious she didn't speak English, and I don't know a word of Japanese. A couple of times she put it in front of her mouth as if she were about to make use of it, but then never quite reached the grand finale. As time went on, she was not getting any better, to say the least. She appeared to be trying unsuccessfully to find a body position which was to help her. The whole time, her eyes were closed. Her mouth was somewhat open in a way. It was when someone was thinking they might puke. Her skin was quite pale. She would swing her head around with her eyes closed and the rest of her head in her hand. As best I could tell, she was very nauseated by the trip. I was feeling very sorry for her. We were only about five to ten minutes into what to be a 45-minute trip in which there was no way for her to escape. I recalled times when I felt that way. One thing which I remembered helped me was just the touch of a friendly hand, a showing of sympathy. I did not know this person, so I was somewhat hesitant to try it. I didn't know how she would take it. 
She did see me looking at her with concern, so she knew I was aware of her situation. I decided to try it. I reached over to her and placed my palm in one her hand against her forehead and placed my other hand behind her head as if to say, Here, I'll offer some support. She immediately accepted. She glanced my way and nodded slightly as if to say thank you. She eventually took grasp of one of my wrists with her hand confirming that she wanted it there. From here, she turned her head a little so that her cheek instead of her forehead was resting in my palm. At this point, it was obvious she was fully welcoming my touch. I started massaging the back of her scalp. No protest from her. My back hand started massaging the back of her neck. All welcome. She quit showing signs of increase in her sickness. I think the sensations of a stranger's hands on her was probably distracting her attention away from her woes. From here, I let my fingertips individually work the skin around her head. The soft part of my thumbs would massage her closed eyelids. She became relaxed, limp, a puppy enjoying being petted. Soon my thumbs were roaming around the front of her face, stroking her cheeks, the crease between her nose and her cheeks, and between her nose and her upper lip. Her grasp of my wrist grew tighter. Her other hand grabbed my thigh closest to her. This was a bizarre situation. Flying over Hawaii with six other people in a helicopter, the pilot talking about various volcanoes, waterfalls, and coastlines, me caressing the sick, although improving now, very conservatively dressed Japanese girl whom I've never met, and she and now are starting to move into from caregiving to petting, and no one else in the chopper having any idea what was going on. My thumb tip eventually found its way between her very soft and wet lips. I was rubbing it over her teeth and gums. She opened her mouth a little so that it slipped to her tongue. She flicked her tongue tip against my thumb, closed her lips around it, and started sucking on it. Obviously, things were getting hot. The whole time, her eyes were closed, as if to say by her not visually witnessing this, but wasn't truly happening. And it never having occurred, she was completely innocent of all of it. I moved my other hand from the back of her head and neck to the front of her neck. I started massaging her collarbone and the skin under her chin. She was very relaxed now, obviously no longer feeling sick as she had been. I'm not sure she was completely cured or not. It didn't matter. At this point, I'll admit, seeing that she was not obviously suffering any longer, I became more interested in seeing where this might go than in attending to any infirmities she might be experiencing. In fairness to myself, if she did start looking like she was again heading towards motion sickness, I really would have switched back to caregiver. But that wasn't happening. So on my merry, somewhat devious, self-serving way. My second hand decided to move itself from her collarbone down to the bottom of her blouse. I slipped my hand under it and shot it straight up between her small breast, almost flat breast, not touching them, back to the bottom of her neck, as if I were truly interested in helping her poor, sickly neck in a professional and doctorly manner as I could. Ha, you bastard. You knew what you were up to. But again, no protest from her. It earned as much a startled look as handling her book would have. I was kneading the skin of her neck, but not as much as I was kneading the skin of her breast. I watched my hand slowly move down to the nape of her neck, right where it met the top of her chest area. 
my hand lightened to its touch, only to allow the fronts of my fingers to glide across her skin, swimming through the aura of her chest. I let my hand slide back down between her breast, feeling a slight bit of lace which held the two cups together. My hand moved to her stomach area, and then back up between her two softnesses, up and down, intentionally teasing her, tormenting her, enjoying the fact that I literally had her in the palm of my hand. I did. Now, the two pots of gold at the end of her rainbow. How to go about this, I thought. No, schemed is more honest word here. I moved my thumb away from my fingers and flattened my hand. I placed it against her skin a few inches below her left breast. I slowly moved it up, up, and up, inching closer to its target until my fingers barely touched the bottom of her bra cup. I let it rest there, while with my other hand, my merciless fingers toyed with her lips of her mouth. Then I moved the bra hand up, gliding it over the top of her still-covered breast, brushing it lightly, back down again. Then to the right cup, up and over, brushing against her nipple area. Her eyes still closed. She was breathing harder. Now I pulled the hand back down to the seam around the bottom of the left cup. I slid my hand in as if I owned it. No hesitation at all. She was obeying my hand if it was some sort of power over her. I pushed the bra cup over the top of her breast, exposing it to my whims covered only by her lightly flowered blouse. I did the same with the other. Now I had full access. Oh yes, the helicopter. The pilot was bringing us within 100 feet of a tall wall or fall in the rainforest. Who cares? I was fondling the tits of this young Japanese woman. She was loving it, as I was. I went back to work. Thumbs, forefingers, nipples, and areola were all playing together nicely. I squeezed just the tip of her small nipples, which were by now fully erect, and rolled them around and around. She just let her head remain nestled in my other hand with her eyes closed. Her hand would squeeze my thigh occasionally to let me know of her approval. She would suck the fingers of my free hand at times. I would cup the innocent suppleness of her breast in my hand, massaging them, playing with her at my well for the rest of the flight. Throughout this, there had not been a spoken word, not a single word. By the way, what would the use of words be here? Everything was going beautifully with Therm, for her, and for me. At the end of the 45-minute flight, the pilot announced that we needed to prepare for landing, which we all did. At this time, I had to remove my hands from her and give them back to me. We arrived at Heliport, landed, and got out. She walked to her mother's side immediately. The six of us were in a circle saying goodbye to each other. She looked up at me and almost in a blank stare, bowed slightly, and quietly whispered, Thank you. Quietly enough that her mother did not realize she said it. We all went home. This is not a fictional story. It really happened to me. There's only one lie in it. I was not in a helicopter I was in. For me, it was a heaven a copter. <laughs> Robert. <laughs> oh my gosh. I'm in love with you, Robert. I mean, 
Thank you so much for the dad joke. If most of you don't know, I love really, really bad dad jokes. They're like my thing, or I try to make them my thing anyway. But uh, yeah, Robert, I hands down, you won me over. We'll have a drink sometime. Okay. Secondly, uh, Hawaii is amazing, isn't it? The only thing I didn't get to do, and Robert, I would love to know if you did it or not. Did you do the one ocean diving? And if you don't know what one ocean diving is, a small it's a small company and you actually get to free dive with sharks, not the cage thing that most tourist things do out in Hawaii. It's actually, uh, I believe they work with the university with the study of sharks, but you actually, they take you out and you learn about the shark itself. It's like a whole little class thing. And then if you want for a little extra, you get to free dive with them um, and snorkel and look at the school of sharks. I did not get to do this. I am so bummed when I was there because the the tides were too big. They even had to close Pearl Harbor. So I didn't even get to do Pearl Harbor. So my phone actually broke that day and I went phone shopping. <laughs> that was my day there. Oh, that was awful. Any, anywho, this has nothing to do with it. This is the second helicopter story we've had. So is this a thing? Are people really doing naughty things. But Robert, what a good Samaritan you were. I mean, she didn't say no. Um, But I I mean, I kept going, open your eyes, open your eyes, open your eyes. Look at him. Give him my contact. I mean, I think that's super, super sexual that neither of you spoke your language, but yet the language of touch has done it all. So sign me up. I've never been well, I've never been in a helicopter, so I can't say I get motion sickness or not in a helicopter. But uh, sign me up for a sexy man to distract me in a helicopter if I'm ever motion sickness. Definitely. I never thought of sexual touch and grounding this way during, uh, you know, motion sickness. I have I have a motion ease um, for if I was to ever it also helps with uh, migraines and things like nausea, stuff like that, if you're sick. And so you're using, you know, like a medicine, whatever, but it's like a oil that you rub and put behind yours. So I would forego that to see if a grounding of a sexy man easily distracted me. Any takers? <laughs> I think this is a perfect place to stop for today. I want to thank you again for joining me. If you're coming out to Crazy Summer Nights, I cannot wait to meet each and every one of you. Stop by and say hello. I'm performing at 9 p.m. Friday nights. So I hope to see each and every one of you there. Um, If not, don't forget, I'll have a play-by-play in um my private Facebook room, at least, or definitely some cl- quit, quick clips notes of it on my show here the probably not the following week yeah not the following but the week after so we'll be a week delayed on all my responses and what's going on i'm out there until the 10th so there you go looking forward to meeting you and in closing hello lover why don't we get tied up in our own way and you can uh blindfold me and tease me while someone's flying a plane or a helicopter something we haven't thought of. What do you think? I'm game. And until the next time, ladies and gentlemen, have a wonderful week.